Hey guys, uh, sorry that this keeps happening, that we keep meeting like this, but we had a whole flurry of technical issues with this episode between internet and computer and microphone and audio issues about two-thirds through the episode, Cole's microphone switches on accident um, due to some issues, so we apologize for that. I did my best to fix everything, so hopefully it is still just as good and entertaining of an episode as always, but we do apologize for the technical issues, and I promise this will not become a a regular thing. We've just had uh, two weeks of bad luck, so with that being said, enjoy the episode, and may the force be with you, always. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to Mortis FM, a Star Wars podcast. I am Grayson, and with me is my best friend, Cole. How are you doing, my friend? I am nothing short of superb. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's It's been a little bit since Ahsoka has wrapped up, uh, and like we promised, like we said, we're going to do a little bit of a retrospective. I think we've had enough time to let it simmer, to, to hear other other people's opinions on the matter things like that um but before we get into that uh if anybody who is listening to this now uh kind of keeps up on social media i was actually on uh tony uh star wars sith 66 on instagram i was on his podcast for sith talk uh and cole will be on it next week but I teased a little new thing that we are going to do that was, honestly, it was completely Cole's idea. Uh, he got it from, um, from Star Wars Explained, Alex and Molly over there. And this is a basically, we're going to do this for every episode uh, going forward until we run out. And then if we run out, we may just start them over again. Uh, but this is a, uh, a chat pack that is 125 conversation cards. Uh, it was published by Insight Editions written by Kelly Knox. Um, and so there's a bunch of different subcategories of different conversation starters with, um, with which is Star Wars conversations. And they're really good questions. So I did one of those with Tony. Uh, so if anybody wants to know that one, you can go check that out. It was a very long but very good two-hour discussion. Um, and now we're going to – me and Cole are going to keep keep the trend going. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab one of these. So just, just, just before you do – would you want to do this like potentially at the end of each episode as like a as like to 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 wrap up the the episode in like a neat little bow sure okay Um, re-strategizing we're gonna do this after we talk we're gonna do it as the end of the episode yeah i think it's a good idea um Cool. All right. So I'm leaving you in suspense. We're going to talk about Ahsoka now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, man, we we did not take any notes or anything, you know, like before this, we just kind of wanted it to be very like freeform and just kind of just talk about like the the entirety of the show. Um, It has been over a week since Ahsoka has ended. What? How are you? How do you feel about the show? Um, kind of how it compares to other Star Wars shows, just how it made you feel, uh, which I think is an, an important thing. Um, just, yeah. Did you? How are you? How are you feeling on? Uh, are you feeling good, bad, somewhere in the middle? Right, right. Uh, so about Ahsoka. In 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 this retrospective phase, you know, post Ahsoka, uh, it's it's been the same case with every other show that 
you and I have seen like relative to Star Wars that like we always need some time to sit with it and um, I think this is really one of the only ones where I feel basically the same as I felt from when we when, when we first watched it I still Agreed. feel that you know like even after sitting with it that Ahsoka is just a very def it, it's just kind of a definitive Star Wars show you mm -hmm. know um, I, I feel great about it. I mean, it doesn't, uh, it's, it's not, the t it's not at the top of my list. I think it probably sits in the, in terms of live action shows, I think it sits in like the third position, um, second position being exclusively Mando season one and then, uh, Andor at the top. Um, so you said Mando season one goes above Ahsoka. Yeah, for you? that's, okay. that's, that's how I'm feeling right now. But at the same time, Ahsoka also um does better uh, it d does it does specific things better than any other show which is being star warsy i think like yes. in yeah. the sense of uh adhering to what we acknowledge star wars as kind of like its core themes and stuff like that right um and yeah i mean sitting with it i i'm very pleased with the way that it was executed uh obviously you and i kind of had these kind of apprehensions about um, Heartbreak Hill, where it, some Star Wars shows like have a tendency yeah. to be really good, and then the finale, it's like they fell down the stairs. Um, yeah. And Ahsoka didn't feel like that for me. Uh, Ahsoka, I mean, obviously th there was a lot left to be desired, but at the same time, that was very intentional. Yeah. Uh, the story is very much going to be continued, and so I think in this season one of Ahsoka, um, I feel like they did exactly what they set out to do, and I thought that it was executed masterfully. Um, yep. Obviously, do do we have some parts about the show that you know we probably wished had been done a little bit different? Yeah, but that's the case with every show. Um, yep. And so I think ultimately, if I could leave it down to a very simple statement, I, I am satisfied. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, which is no surprise. We often do this, but uh, no, you're completely right. That, yeah, we we exactly. just validate each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Um, yeah, I for me, I, you, you said it perfectly. Or it's like, you know, are there things that we could probably like? Oh man, I wish they did this differently or whatever. Like, listen, at the end of the day. I could do that with literally every Star Wars project. If I really set my yeah. mind to it, I could be like, man, I wish they did this different in Empire Strikes Back. Like, what? why did Luke and Leia kiss? Oh, they should have thought ahead of that. Or like, you know, yeah. Return of the Jedi. It's like, man, like, why do they got all these dumb teddy bears? I don't, I, they're not dumb. I love them. But, you know, like, I could go on and on and on. And I'm like, I just don't like to do that. Obviously, I want to be, you know, a little bit critical of Star Wars because I want it to be like, I want it to improve. Um, and I think that might be good for creators, but there's a lot of people that kind of take it too far and then just get to the point where they're like, they're, they have such a specific idea on what Star Wars is that they won't let go of it. Um, and you and I, our constant message throughout the, throughout the show was like, uh, like do not forsake the journey for the destination, you know? Um, and I even saw people do that with the finale which, granted, we said in our, you know, our episode, uh, ep episode eight kind of uh, discussion last week that, like, we did feel a little underwhelmed because we were like, oh, we really thought we were going to get more with Balin and Shin. But yeah. like you said, it, it felt 
it, it was clearly intentional, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, uh, it depends on what happens after, um, you know, the actors strike, SAG after strike. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel that at some point we will get an Ahsoka season two that will kind of um, be the branching story path. Um, and I'm excited for that. I feel like they told the story that they needed to with this season, with developing Ahsoka and Sabine's relationship, getting to Peridia, getting Ezra back, and getting Thrawn to the galaxy. I think that checks all the boxes, and right. now we're going to get more, you know? Um, with, with And that's honestly, I got to say, I'm more excited for what's happening there than I am with the Thrawn stuff. I mean... Oh, yeah, I me say, too. Yeah, like, I can't say that I'm not like excited about Thrawn obviously like that's going to be uh, like that's going to be really cool but like you and I we're big we're big fantasy guys we love our Lord of the Rings we love our Harry Potter we love our Elder Scrolls the list goes on and on and on and like you said Ahsoka does a really good job of like feeling very Star Warsy, but then it also takes some of like the really weird and wacky stuff in Star Wars and makes it even more so and I yeah. like that you know um, that's what I like about Star Wars in general right is like there are there are many subgenres to Star Wars. At its core, obviously, Star Wars is a space fantasy epic. But like something like Andor is like, well, let's focus on these people that don't have the Force and don't have lightsabers, and they're trying to fight this oppressive organization, and it's like very much a slow burn. Like I like that, but then on the flip hand, like the flip side, I like the the big battles of Clone Wars. Yeah. And like the the you know the cool like master and apprentice and lightsaber fights like i i love it all man like i really that's i just like it all and so ahsoka so really much to embrace appreciate. yeah like i think it's people need to realize that different shows are doing different things uh like i've always viewed uh i've always viewed the mandalorian you mentioned season one i was just thinking about it today i was like i think i may like mandalorian season one just slightly better than season two and it's because in retrospect people i think people were disappointed with mando season one when it came out because people were like man like where's the story going with this and to me it felt exact like the goal of mandalorian was it is it is a it is a weekly serial just yeah. like what George based Star Wars on, you know, your Flash Gordon and your, I think is it Buck Rogers and all of the stuff, like the old school, like kind of 50s and 60s um, American graffiti era of, of like, you know, radio, sh like radio shows of like, tune in next week when it's like, they're going on a different adventure next, like every week. That's 100%. what Mandalorian feels like. And I love that, right? Ahsoka's not trying to do that. Andor's not trying to do that. That's not what Clone Wars was. So every... Every show kind of has their own different, their different goal. And the goal that Ahsoka set out to do, I think it did really well of bringing in really cool, fantastical, mythical fantasy elements into Star Wars and just really d doubling down on that. And I think that's what I loved about it most, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I could not have said that better myself. In fact, I think like, I think a lot of the problem with these kinds of, uh, well, not, not exactly the problem with the shows. I think the problem with how people react to the shows is that a lot of people have this pre preconception of what, you know, quote, Star Wars is supposed to be, you know? And even though Ahsoka fits the bill of being Star Wars-y, the thing is, from the beginning, Star Wars was always wacky and weird. Like, at its yeah, time, it was one of the weirdest things to come out like in theaters you know 
like this sci-fi space epic where you go into like this bar and there's a bunch of aliens saying stuff that you don't even know and like right. an alien sits down and talks to one of the main characters like oh like yeah. <laughs> and, dude like i mean it wasn't you know not everybody loved it at the time and I saw this tweet that said, dude, if the Star Wars movie, like if the original trilogy came out today, people would tear into them. And they yeah, would. Dude. They yeah. would they would destroy those movies. Like some guy made the same argument about how like uh people made a lot of complaints about how one of the Praetorian Guards uh daggers like vanishes um in the right. in the uh the in Snoke's throne room. And then he compared it to the scene in Return of the Jedi where Luke kicks this dude from yards away and he falls yeah. away. And see, the thing is, is like people will find ways to make excuses for anything. They will chastise the dagger being gone, but then they'll say, oh, Luke used a force kick. Are you right. kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like it's it's really just the, it's the rose tinted glasses. And so anyway, my, my point about Star Wars being wacky is like, there's been this conception about what Star Wars is supposed to be, and Ahsoka fits that bill. Mm-hmm. But just because other shows don't, that doesn't mean that they're any less than. You know, yes. Star Wars isn't supposed to be like this one specific thing. You can have something be a lot similar to like the original trilogy and the prequels or whatever, but it was always this embrace of the strange or embrace of the different of the unique. And so when someone tells me that like Andor is not, you know, Star Warsy, it's like, well, are you really getting the point? Yeah. Um, the the point is to stray away from the kind of things that's like in the original trilogy. Right. Like, yeah. uh, Like, and that's kind of one thing is why I love like Clone Wars, for example, is I feel like Clone Wars does an amazing job of doing all kinds of different stuff. Oh, right? yeah. Like, it's all so over it, the place, but in it, a good way. Right. Like, you're, I mean, you're getting, obviously, your big and epic battles, and then you're getting kind of, like, your more your more quaint stories. You're getting great Jedi and Sith stories. You're getting underworld stories. Like, you know, these really deep, like, military stories. I mean, it's literally, like, all... And then you get the Mortis gods in the Clone Wars. Uh, Dude. That are literally, like, the, some of the most wild out there stuff, right? Which we're now seeing with Ahsoka, and it's awesome, right? Dude. And so... Yeah. Clone Wars has, you're 100% right. I never really thought about it that way. Clone Wars has stuff in Star Wars for everybody. You've got the big battle episodes. You've got the Jedi versus Sith episodes. You have the droid like C-3PO and R2-D2 episodes. Yeah. You have political episodes with Padme. And then you also have, you've got Jar Jar episodes. And then you have episodes where Darth Maul is decapitating people with lightsabers. Right. it is all over the place, but it's like, it is all, it all feels cohesive because right. anything can happen in that universe, you know? Yeah. I, I think you, you mentioned like how people, we, we both said it, how like people kind of have their own specific idea of what Star Wars is. Yeah. Uh, like the original trilogy, like I think people are conditioned to the weirdness. So when mm-hmm. then more weird things are added nowadays, they're like, oh, that's not Star Wars. Like that's, that's too weird for Star Wars. I'm like, you're right. Star Wars has always been weird. Let's embrace the weird. Like, I, I imagine, like, a R- Return of the Jedi, right? Like, when if it was today, like, oh, what? They can shoot lightning out of their hands now? Like, it's what like, is wh- this garbage? What is that? Like, yeah, like, oh, like, he can just, you know, he's just stronger than Luke and doesn't use a lightsaber? Like, bro, like, what is this, man? And it's like, we, we are so... 
people and I and I could do it myself is like we can be so kind of closed minded and tunnel vision on what Star Wars is and it's like I mean if anybody knows kind of like the grand scope of Star Wars it's going to be Dave Filoni right like I mean he's literally the yeah. apprentice of, of George Lucas and that's not to say that other people don't because that's the thing is I think you and I uh, and this is why I've always kind of put like I'm starting to push this more and more is we grew up on a lot of different of stories on books on comics on video games that was not just it w- they weren't just trying to kind of copy the original trilogy right yeah. like you know um, you've got Republic Commando which is kind of like a military tactical game Man, and you've that. got the Force Unleashed which is just crazy force powers and you've got KOTOR where you can go in all of these different routes and as well as the Old Republic um, and then you've got like um books like Plagueis which gets into the old Sith lore and then it's just these legends books really like those I feel like conditioned me for today where I'm like Star Wars is not just the Skywalker saga you know it's it's not um like and we you and I would always talk about like some of our favorite subsections of Star Wars like um like you know whether it be like the clones or like imperial commandos or uh or or what have you or like ancient sith stuff or other dark side religions mm-hmm. or w- whatever and so like we always talk about like you know um a lot of people like they love the political stuff or like dude the ec- like you know the the space battles that's their thing right yeah. like they love like rogue squadron and and all of the different like uh x-wing squadrons and and, and starships and stuff people are really into like the naval like the the, like the fleet battles you know Dude, they, that's an entire over that. yeah like that's an entire different subgenre of star wars i mean there was a reason why although it's can now they were doing a rogue squadron movie like the goal of that was to be like a Top Gun Star Wars, right? Rest or is in like peace, Ant- Rogue Squadron. Dude, I mean, maybe it can come back. I'd love to see, like, you know, no hate to Patty Jenkins. Second Wonder Woman was awful, but I think she'd be a really good producer, at least, on that movie. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, like, I just, I, I love when Star Wars goes all over the place. So, like, you know, when Andor is, like, this political espionage thriller, like, kind of like your Jason Bourne and kind of just, like, dark and in the mud sort of stuff, I'm like, I, I like this. But then when we go to something like Ahsoka, which genuinely, Ahsoka is the polar opposite, I love that, too, because you've got your big lightsaber battles and, you know, you've got your awesome starfighter dogfights. And it literally, like, Ahsoka has a lot, but then, like, it really, I think the emphasis of Ahsoka is the wacky and weird stuff and i just think the more weird it got the more i loved it you know well the the thing is like if star wars wasn't different from anything else that was coming out at the time it wouldn't have been loved star wars was loved because it was different mm-hmm. and it, i mean it taught us to embrace the unique the wacky the strange and then right. for whatever reason its fans decided that there was a status quo to be established yeah. They became conditioned. And I mean, I'll, I'll be willing to admit, even at some point, like, I became conditioned. Mm-hmm. To, to, like, you know, like, it was uh, years ago when, when our views of Star Wars were, were challenged, you know, with, with, yeah. with some, some of the sequel films. That, like, we thought that Star Wars was this one, you know, specific thing. Yeah. And I think in doing that, we kind of lost sight of what it originally taught us, which was to just, you know, embrace the the cool and the mystical and be here yeah. for be here for the for the changes, for the hills and the valleys, like everything that that comes with it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, also, Star Wars is just so incredibly vast as a universe. So, like to yeah. say that one specific element or theme 
is just going to be the only thing that happens. I mean, if they released the same thing every single time, the reason why people love Andor so much is because it's so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that. Honestly, that that's all I have to say about that. Let's let's yeah. talk about Ahsoka. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's kind of like the retrospective thing is a lot of people are, you know, I think. It, it makes sense. It makes sense while we're bringing this up. I'm not trying to like make this like an analyzation of, of Andor or anything, but it's like Andor is basically like the total 180 of Ahsoka, and that's great. Like mm-hmm. it's great that they're that, that they're on two different sides of the spectrum because that's cool to me. I like going into these different things, and so, um, but yeah, like I feel very. I, I think just in kind of embracing that stuff has really made me appreciate all of Star Wars more. And I think, yeah. um, and I think people, I think I'm seeing more and more people like once they kind of open their mind, which is kind of a, it feels like a very Yoda thing of like, you know, just like opening your mind to these things. Like people are really liking Ahsoka, like the Night Sisters bringing back stormtroopers from the dead and giant statues and like, um, and of course, like a different galaxy with these whales and stuff like that. Like it's really cool uh, stuff. But but yeah, like I think for me, Ahsoka is probably up there in like my I'd say probably like number probably like number three in terms of my, my live action shows. I really yeah. am just excited for a second season. I want the story to continue. Um, it yeah, just, it's it's just a matter of whether it's gonna come after the heir to the empire movie or the Thrawn movie it's tentative title or if it's going to come before and i feel like it has to come after because i think i'm going to be i'm gonna feel a lot like the same way that i did with um mando season two and book of boba fett if they just like if they just do if they just quickly bring ahsoka and sabine back to the main galaxy to fight Thrawn, I, i'm gonna feel a little gypped because the end i was like yeah. oh man like you know the end of season two of mando like when grogu uh, left Mando I was like oh wow that was such a good ending and then it was quickly you know just quickly kind of uh, sped along by Book of Boba Fett if they do that with the Heir to the Empire movie I'm gonna be like hmm like I wish they didn't do that because I like the idea of Ahsoka and Sabine and Balin and Shin being off doing their like their own story and now Ezra and Hera and like our and more of our main characters have to now fight uh, Thrawn um yeah how do you i don't know how you feel about that though no no i i agree to 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 no surprise um i think the (laughs) i I think it was kind of told to us you know in the last episode where ahsoka basically tells sabine like it's time for us to move on Mm -hmm. like our, our place is is meant to be here um and so i think that honestly i mean i wouldn't be surprised if ahsoka wasn't really present for this heir, heir to the empire movie yeah um that's kind of my hope right now yeah it well i i hope that she's not only if we get that season two first yeah um i would prefer to get ahsoka season two first before the, the you know the, this movie like if you want to have him in there by all means that's fine um but i think the thing is is that whatever's going on in Peridia with, you know, Balin and the Mortis gods, right? I think that deserves a second season. Oh, yeah. Definitely not meant to be a side plot in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and said side plot would probably take, like, very far backstage. And you know? it would, I think, would just confuse audiences as well. It would like, confuse audiences, and at the same time, it would also be, like, way too much. I don't yeah. think you can fit that in a movie. 
No. All of that. I mean, Thrawn and Mortis Gods and Peridia and, you know, like everything that's that whatever Thrawn wants to do. At this right. point in time, they are no longer connected. It was mm-hmm. it was more like a two paths that that ran perpendicular to each other they intersected briefly and now now they're branching off i feel like yes. that was probably what that was for yeah um but yeah uh but just real real fast when when you were mentioning earlier that uh it was similar to to, to yoda uh almost saying like people to open open your minds to mm-hmm. different parts of star wars I just imagine his actual quote saying, you must unlearn what you have learned. Right. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, to just kind of embrace the things that you thought you knew, but you actually don't. Right. Yeah, um, comple- completely, completely true. I think it's, yeah, it, it's helped me enjoy everything in Star Wars so much more. And of course, there's things that are like not like my absolute favorite, but like, I don't think I would have enjoyed Ahsoka as much as, as I did if I didn't just kind of like, be like yeah i'm just gonna ride with this i'm gonna see what happens you know um and of course we had our theorizing and stuff like that and we still will like that's not gonna change i'm Um, gonna be i'm gonna be doing star wars theories on my deathbed yeah like it's it's fun man but at the end of the day i'm like if my theory doesn't happen like i'm willing to accept that if something different happens it could be better than or like i i need to just kind of wait it out and see Um, because we all had the expectation that ahsoka was kind of just going to be this one season right and now we're like oh maybe Maybe not maybe not well yeah you know i think the uh something that makes star wars so special especially for us is the theories because we Mm -hmm. we know so much about this universe that it is fun to to you know guess and and query about where they want to take the story next yeah the only thing is that unlike other people we don't you know flip the table when we're wrong right um and i think that's the most important part about you know theorizing it's like enjoy the the fun part about it where you're guessing about what happens next but be pleasantly surprised if you're wrong right you know especially if it's done in a satisfactory way Right, like we had we had various theories about the finale of Ahsoka. We were like, oh, like Balin is going to be the main person. Thrawn's going to get away immediately, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like they're all going to get back to the galaxy or Ahsoka is going to stay there. No, it was Ezra got back home and Ahsoka and Sabine both stayed. They sp- basically swapped places. Yeah. And now they are almost the direct parallel of Shin and Balin. Uh, Shin is out lost in the wild and Thrawn is back in get like I just the more I think about it I'm like I love that I'm so excited for that because we're gonna get more and like just that whole that little that epicenter right there I'm like it it feels so far removed from the main galaxy literally but also uh it makes me so excited because I'm like man like that is gonna be our like you know heir to the empire is gonna be very much our our, our kind of like blockbuster big ba- yeah big battle yeah. like you know uh like b- big main villain sort of thing um but then we get ahsoka and all of and balin and all those characters and that's going to be like our weird and wacky kind of like force stuff and we, i mean listen we yeah. love like anything that they introduce with the force i'm like give me more give i mean me we're, more, we're called mortis fm you know dude literally like it could not be more perfect like and the thing is is like i i'm like i'm i'm like it, i'm so glad that this is our 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 title it is ours to have mortis fm because we did not plan no we did not bank on the on the mortis gods being an ahsoka 
or at least to even as to a small degree at all. I was we, like, they might, but like, we yeah. just thought it was a cool name because it's a cool place and it's a really cool story. And now we're like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> yeah, na- naming naming it Mortis FM was was not due to any prescience or like uh, text messages from Dave Filoni, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, Maybe yeah. up, Dave. Um, <laughs> well, the, I, I think I I I never really expressed this, but I think I subconsciously felt this way that I was almost disappointed that Thrawn was going to be a part of the show, not in the fact that, you know, anything to do with his character. I love Thrawn. But after seeing episode four uh, of Ahsoka and just having this incredible dynamic between Ahsoka and Sabine and Balin and Shin, I was almost disappointed that uh, Balin and Shin were essentially going to be taking back seats right to like being the antagonist because they are so interesting and they're now, the best characters in the show like yeah they're my favorite characters 100 and now i'm just so excited to have potentially a season two devoted to them being antagonistic forces right. and just them you know like thrawn's done he's cast them to the side he's doing his own thing um and i'm fine with that i i am so glad that these at the time are now different, you know, separate stories, because I think that that's what they deserve. Originally, yes. I think, you know, I don't know, like the, you know, if, if you were to ask me at like Ahsoka episodes one and two, I would say, okay, yeah, Ahsoka is definitely uh, integral to Thrawn's like comeback story at this point in time. Right. Now I feel very different. I feel like uh, I, I am agreeing with Ahsoka here that that's not where she's meant to be right now. Yeah. Her and Sabine, you know, they, they did what they set out to do. They did their best. Ezra's home. It's, you know, uh, it's it's going to be figured out. Do um, you, do you, now, when Ahsoka says that, do you think she kind of has this feeling or this instinct in the Force that, like, the reason they're supposed to be there is because of what Balin is doing? Like, there's almost, like, something telling her, like, she doesn't know what it is in the same way that kind of she was like, I don't know where this is going to take us, but, like, let's find out sort of thing. Is like, she's kind of like, we're on Peridia, like... She may has the, she may have this kind of innate feeling that you know they they are they are where they need to be because of whatever Balin is up to. Um, I think that that's pretty much exactly the reason why she says that because uh, as we've seen from episode five onwards, Ahsoka became a very go with the flow kind of person. Right. Uh, y- you know, like uh, I don't know where we're going, but. I'm cool with it, you know, it doesn't matter where we end up, not not, a, not in like a nonchalant kind of way, but in a go with the yeah. flow kind of sense. And so I think that she is now thinking of it in the sense that like if the Force wanted her to be back home with Thrawn, she would be there. Um, but, for, but for whatever reason, her and Sabine are on Peridia with Balin and Shin. And so yeah. I feel like she now thinks or at least is in the mindset of, okay, this is where I'm meant to be. Let's see where this goes, especially because she saw Morai. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Big at this indicator. point, yeah, I, th- I think at this point, Morai is almost leading Ahsoka. And, and that would be very I, interesting. I, I view um, it as like a checkpoint. Like, she, like anytime yeah. she sees Morai, Morai, she's like, you know, she used to be kind of more puzzled. Like, yeah, like this thing's been following me around. Obviously, she knows that she was brought back by the, the daughter's essence. But I think now, but in her white form, especially, she's like, you know like oh like this means something you know 
Um, yeah, Morai only seems to appear at key moments in her path. Yeah. And so I think with Ahsoka recognizing that, potentially, mm -hmm. um, that kind of tells her, okay, I'm where I need to be. Yeah. Um, it would be so great if uh, Morai leads her to, to Mortis, and then mm. Morai ends up turning into the daughter. Um, right. That'd just be so cool. Yeah, um, dude. Like, there's so many... So I've seen progressively more and more theories about, you know, obviously I think we even talked about this last time, but like that maybe it's Abeloth calling out to Balin. Um, that because would be I, absolutely wild. Yeah, I talked I talked about it with Tony the other day, and we were saying like I did not know this until very recently that those books, those Fate of the Jedi books, were actually the authors were working alongside with Dave because he was working on the Mortis arc at that yes, time. And was, he was uh, like, he's like, yeah. yeah, that works. Like, this is what I'm doing. I think this will make sense if you guys do this. So like Dave didn't have like, he didn't create Abeloth, but he definitely had a pretty prevalent say and like, you know, um, kind of teamwork with the authors of that, which kind of gives it some, some credence of it being a possible future. Um, because, as far as we know, all of the Mortis gods are dead. Maybe the sun is still alive. We don't know. Um, do we ever, do we see the sun die? That's the he, thing, right? Yeah, I believe the, the, the father and the son both get impaled at the same time. Okay. Um, all of them, all of them do die. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting too as to why uh, the the daughter's statue exclusively has been mm -hmm. purged. Um, I don't I'm remember where if, I saw this. Means... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I I, I remember. I, I'm curious as to where I saw this, but someone had theorized that it was because Peridia was um, inhabited by you know dark side worshippers. You know, mm -hmm. uh, be, because. As as we now know, uh, this Night Sister Temple uh, either was Zepho or worshipped Zepho exclusively. Mm -hmm. um, one of their their prophets Ku named Kujet, who Kujet, was yeah. uh, a dark side specific. Dark yeah. uh, Kujet also has a temple on Dathomir, and so I wouldn't be surprised that when they were there they destroyed this um statue of the daughter who is the symbol of ashla of of light possibly um, yeah so i i wouldn't be surprised if that was that, the reasoning that makes a lot of sense i was gonna say and maybe these these could work in tandem but i'm still i'm here thinking i'm like what if that the statue is also destroyed in a symbolic way to say like not that the daughter is dead but that the role has already been taken that ahsoka might be the new daughter like she's already like destined to be the daughter but the the father and the son is still up in the air i had seen theories that balin obviously my prediction was that balin is trying to become the new father but he's mm -hmm. actually destined to become the new son uh which i find interesting but also i'm like does that line up with how balin acts i don't really know i i really i don't know um I, uh, what what you said about Ahsoka being the, about you know the the daughter's statue being destroyed being symbolism of Ahsoka being the new daughter, that could actually be a double entendre. It could be the thing that I said, and it could mm -hmm. also be symbolic of what you say because 
as the daughter is dying, she transfers her life essence to Ahsoka. We never yeah. see that happen with the father and the son, so spiritually, they should still be alive. Right. Uh, somewhere. Um, and I would not be surprised if that was just kind of a symbolic sense of, like, the, the, the daughter is now living within Ahsoka, and so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, she, she technically is. Ahsoka is only alive because of that, so... Yeah, I've seen basically um, people saying that like the new Mortis gods, if this is the route they go down, and I I really don't know. I could I could see it for sure, but I don't know how it would go down because there's a lot of story obviously we need to get. But like obviously, Ahsoka being the new daughter, Anakin being destined to become the the father, he's the chosen mm -hmm. one, bringing balance, and then Balin actually becoming the new son in a way. Um, but I really don't know. I I don't know how I feel about Balin being the son, only because. To me, he doesn't feel dark enough. He doesn't feel like the essence of like someone who is in the dark side. Like to be honest, Balin, I do not see once in the show Balin embracing really the dark side. He does some like I would say some bad things, but in my mind, he kind of walks the the in between a little. Like I like he I that's yeah. how I view him. Like you know, he's got the black clothing, but we see him with that cloak of the black on the left and the the lighter clothes on the right. But like he's always like, I don't want to kill you. Like he's never giving into anger. He even shuts down Shin when Shin gives into her anger to try to kill Sabine. He's like, No, we're not gonna do that. And that feels very. That doesn't feel very dark side evil to me. Yeah, I. I mean, I one hundred percent agree. I don't think that Balin. Uh, is or should be meant to be the sun because i mean the the sun is the dark side you, you know yes. what i mean um like obviously sam whitler's thought process uh, to even further validate that point of him being the dark side he said when he did started doing his voice for the sun he embraced all elements of notorious dark side users so in when he's doing the voice you can hear of course I, he's and a little bit of Maul, but then he kind of goes into a little bit of Palpatine, then he goes into a little bit of Vader, and then he goes into a little bit of Dooku. And it's like, because they're all prominent members of the dark side, it's like the culmination of the dark side is bleeding into each of those characters, which I think is just really cool. Yeah, um, and at the same time, I I mean, I, I have a incredibly bleeding heart um, that I always feel sympathetic to, <laughs> to, to the sun. I mean... I don't remember if it's I don't remember if it was uh, Sam Witwer or even Dave Filoni himself, but in like an interview, they basically said that like the, the son is meant to be sympathetic. You know, he's not like Palpatine. Palpatine is evil. I don't. Palpatine is Satan, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I do not inherently think that the son is evil, or at least not to the extent of Palpatine. The yeah. sun is the dark side, but the dark side isn't inherently evil itself. It is just a, an embrace of emotion. A lot of that has to do with selfishness, but it is just an embrace of emotion. Right. Um, and so, uh, I don't... Th though I think that Balin could fit like the, the, the role of like, I don't know, being a dark side user. Um he really does walk the line we don't see him do that we and especially we he really doesn't give in to his emotions at all like he's got he those core jedi tenets yeah um i mean the, the only time he gives into his emotions i would say is probably in episode four when ahsoka uh, briefly taps into the dark side to push shin aside and in anger balin lashes out at her um he goes, but that was unwise 
Yeah. And yeah. so like he has those moments within himself where he taps into it, but he's not, I, I don't think that that is something I, I don't, I don't see that in him. And you know, as to who would be the son, you know who I'm thinking. Um, but I don't, if it ever happens. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I don't even know how, how Starkiller would, would, would manage to fit into season two of Ahsoka. He would just show up. Yeah. Um, that's the thing is like, I was actually, I was again talking with Tony this past week. And, uh, first of all, I was saying it'd be really cool if we, in the, the next season of uh not ahsoka sorry the next season of tales of the jedi we actually get a couple episodes of balin uh Ooh, that would uh, be as a jedi. so and, good and he and we get to see in one of those episodes at least him recruiting shin you know taking shin under his wing and seeing him going from jedi all the way to kind of where what directly leads him into ahsoka dude uh, i think I now that you say it, I think that's gonna happen. You, you it's know, gotta right because uh, Tales of the Jedi was uh, six episodes, I believe, three yeah. devoted to Dooku and three to Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Imagine three episodes being devoted to Balin, right? Him, yeah. him as a Jedi, him as a general, and then him uh, recruiting Shin. Yeah. That would be so good. I would eat that up. Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. man. I he, Tony also said a very interesting theory. That I think would make perfect sense in the way that Balin acts, of course, you know, splintering in his own thoughts, that his master might have been Plo Koon. Ooh. Uh, that Plo, because, you know, Plo Koon is a very, is a very, like, humble and kind of like, he, he's a pretty based Jedi, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and I like the idea of, like, Balin being, like, in a different time, he would have been more like Plo Koon. But because of the, like, kind of, like, him being almost more of a general than a i don't know that's a that is just to, like it doesn't really matter who his master is but i think it'd be very interesting to see yes balin in tales of the jedi uh, he's got a similar see. cadence like the way that he yeah. talks right you can see he's, it he's very gentle he's he's a very humble he's but he's very very realistic um and he's not someone who who gives into um uncomp- or like uncompassionate tendencies i guess you know like he's still like even when even i mean multiple times throughout the show like he tells morgan elsbeth like he doesn't want to kill ahsoka like uh he's like he he expresses regret with the idea of it like he just doesn't it's just not in his nature to like he has a destination that he wants to do that is grander than just killing jedi or whatever but um but yeah, that'd be really cool. I don't know. I hope in Tales of the Jedi we get m- more, um, more like more content with with that, or just just more just more episodes. But I think Balin would be like because it it's not you know necessary to his story, but it just adds these re- this really cool like you know with the Dooku episodes, right? Like it's not like you don't need to see those episodes to to understand Dooku's character. But it's really it's really cool if you do, you know. Um, yeah, it's like. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's just like like a dessert, you know. It's right. not it's not necessary after the main course, but boy, does it taste good, you know. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I honestly like I've really like I don't feel like there's anything like specifically like I think I need to get into Ahsoka uh, uh, about like the other than I I really enjoyed the show and I'm I'm very excited for the future, and it was such a treat 
week to week to just watch a really cool Star Wars thing. I don't know. It's like it just felt kind of like it felt the most linear in story of the ones that are, have been done by Filoni and Favreau, you know? Um, yes. It felt and, like a proper return to form, I think. Yeah. And I just, I really enjoyed that. And I liked the the kind of the Legends vibes that it gave off, you know? Like, it just yes. felt a lot like, you know, those those Jedi Knight games I played and KOTOR and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just It just kind of felt like... It felt like Star Wars, but it had so much else beyond it, you know, beyond the Skywalker saga. And I think that's just what I liked about it the most. And, dude, the lightsaber fights are so good. Man, I don't, the choreography went crazy. I don't know. Fights. People have been like, listen, you're entitled to your own opinion. I cannot preface that enough. I'm not, I'm not someone who hates other people's opinions. But I simply just don't understand. There are a lot of people that hate these kind of style of lightsaber fights where... They just, they, they don't like how weighted the lightsabers are. They, 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 they want them to be like the prequels where it's like tip tap, tip tap, you know, like very fast. And listen, I love those fights, right? Do not, do not get me wrong. And I think we will get more of those fights in something like the Acolyte, where it's the High Republic Jedi in their prime. Yeah. But, but I love the, like, I feel like Ahsoka especially really did this beautiful blend of prequel style fights and original trilogy and sequel style fights where you get the full the weight and the ferocity of a of a lightsaber blade and it feels like everyone has their own distinct styles but it was not slow at all like it's they're not slow paced fights whatsoever they feel like they're genuinely trying to kill each other and i like that you know like it just makes sense to me i I don't know how you feel about it but i really enjoyed them (laughs) I, I mean, I think that it's probably my favorite variation of lightsaber fighting. I mean, you're right. It feels like a perfect blend of what made each era's choreography the best. Right. Not only does it have these flashy moves, but each each movement is decisive and filled with intention and purpose, and it has weight. I mean, and it's stylized to each character. Each character yeah. has their own like unique style of fighting, and I'm yeah. Hu- and you and I are huge fans of that. Right, and 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 weight um, behind strikes, especially Balin strikes. Um, I mean, I think it makes it so much more personal. Yeah, you know, uh, and that's that 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 isn't to to discount the prequel fights at all. I mean, I oh, love, we love them. I love Obi Wan Qui Gon versus Maul. You know, I I love Yoda versus Palpatine. I love Anakin versus Obi Wan. I mean, mm-hmm. th- those fights go crazy, but um, it's just something about the way that these fights are done in Ahsoka, and I think I think the sequels as well, like. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, especially Rise of Skywalker, um, I, I really yeah. liked that that fight um, between uh, Rey and Kylo uh, on the wreckage of the Death Star. There, th- there is flash and there's pomp, but there are like these decisive strikes and blows. Um, and you know, you can think about it from a lore sense as well. Like people people complain about the difference between the the OG fights and then the prequel fights, but if you want to think about it, um, in the prequels. These are, you know, the the Jedi at the top of their game. This is, this is the the zenith of their and, order. And right uh, now, that like they are literally their primary focus is to fight. That's yes. what they're in a war, so it makes sense why their lightsaber skills are literally at the top of their game. Yeah, they have done nothing but train and cultivate these skills, whereas 
you can also appreciate the way Ahsoka's fights are done because essentially, I mean, to, to kind of quote the Imperial officer, the religion is dead. You know, it's the, 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 their order is gone. You only have a very select few amount of warriors left. And so if you're face to face with a guy that got out of order 66, braved through the Inquisitorious, managed to outlive the Empire, you're going to want to be careful with how you fight. You're not right. going to want to zip, zap, zip, zap. You know, you are going to, I mean, quite literally shown in episode four when, when Balin and, and Ahsoka, you know, unsheathed their lightsabers, um, they're sizing each other up, yeah. you know, testing their, their stances. You, you don't survive this long without knowing how to fight. So mm -hmm. obviously you're not going to go in, you know, for a lack of a better term, uh, lightsabers blazing, right? Right. Um, yep. so there is a way to appreciate all of them. Now, that was kind of tangential, but oh yeah, yeah. I, I, it was a, a really good thing. It's one of my favorite things about the show. And I think for people who are like, man, they've been hating on the fights. I was like, watch episode five, and you can see Anakin fights literally the exact same way he yes, fights dude. in the prequels. There's no difference. It is that is Hayden Christensen swinging around his iconic lightsaber for like an hour straight, and it's and great. And when he turns into, you know, like his Vader form, it turns more into, you know, they, fighting like Vader. So I'm like, listen, they got it completely right. Like, let's just it, you lack conviction, dude. So good, man. I like and I want to Cole, Do you think did you think Ahsoka was fan servicey? Do you think it was a fan service show? No, that's oh, man. Listen. Yeah, I, I, I was I was saying this to somebody. And I was like, there is a difference between blatant fan service. Uh, fan service is not a bad thing if it is if it is earned and it is it is benefits the story, right? There's a reason, yeah. and, and it's they got the like a negative connotation of like when a character that we all know shows up, oh, it's fan service, right? And it's like, dude, yes, is episode five like a bunch of Clone Wars stuff? Yes, but it's not just straight like I, I'm like I'm not hating on Kenobi, but it's not just like the flashback between Obi Wan and Anakin where it's just oh it's just a flashback. Mm. These are these really cool visions where it was in an interview very recently where uh, Ariana Greenblatt was talking about how she was watching Clone Wars episodes and like kind of see what she was like, but she said she had to kind of also study Rosario because it's Rosario's Ahsoka in little Ahsoka's body, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a there is an arc being told there. And it's like, I would complete, I would be like, yeah, it is fan service if it was literally just like, here's one hours of a Clone Wars flashback or whatever. But that's not what it is. Like, it's really not. And I think people need to be able to see past that. Like, people are like, oh, Rex is in this episode. It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, he's in the episode for literally eight seconds, man. He doesn't even take his helmet off. Like, that's it. Like, it's it's just a cool little Easter egg and thing. They're, they're acting like Anakin shows up and he looks at the screen and he's like, this is where the fun begins. And he like uh, yeah. does this massive right. wink, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you upset that the most integral character of Star Wars is showing up on the screen, especially when he's referring to his apprentice? Yeah, the main uh, character of the Star Wars. <laughs> again, again. And, and, and I've said this for numerous episodes now. Why are you mad? <laughs> and, I mean, I... 
I am so, I mean, it is laughable at this point of just how angry people will make themselves for no reason. They, they, can you like imagine, they be mad. Can you imagine waking up and going like, I want to go on Twitter and flame the Ahsoka show right now. I'm going to spend two and a half hours doing that. Why? Yeah. Who cares? And it, and it makes it, I feel like people are really just dooming themselves to hate it. Like they, It's like they're going out of their ways to be like, you know, oh, well, I really liked Clone Wars and I really liked Rebels and I liked the, you know, I liked Mandalorian, but like Dave Filoni kind of sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <It's>, like you, <laughs> have you seen that meme, like that, that reaction meme where like someone says something and it's to this group of people huddled around together talking about something they like and this guy yeah. pokes out and gives them a thumbs up and then they just go back to talking? Yeah. Yes. It, that, that, that's what this feels like. If you, I mean, hey, like, if you genuinely did not like Ahsoka or you, you didn't like Anakin's appearance in it, that's fine. You know, I understand that. There, yeah. There's always going to be some parts about Star Wars that you don't enjoy. I personally didn't didn't enjoy that Palpatine came back in Rise of Skywalker. Right. You know, but I'm not staying up every night tossing and turning because he's there. He, like, I didn't let it get to me that much. Yeah, you really didn't. I remember when, when Rise of Skywalker finished, and I think, you know... Star Wars has always been a very tumultuous thing. When the pre, when the original trilogy came out, it was like, oh, the my Star Wars is like. I don't think anybody disliked Empire Strikes Back, but they were like, when I think it was Return of the Jedi hit, they're like, this stupid movie with these dumb teddy bears, bro. They made it for little children, yeah. whatever. And they're like, like it ruined I was, Star Wars for me. Yeah. And then the prequels came out, and they were like, man, this is like ruined Star Wars or whatever. And it's just. Every project, it's the same cycle over and over and over again. And <laughs> according it's like, to these guys, Star Wars has been ruined like a billion times. Star Wars, Star Wars died. What? It's 2023. It died 40 years ago. Like you know, it's just. And I just don't see the point in almost just again not opening your mind and and trying to love the thing. That you say you love. If you love Star Wars, try to love it. God knows there's things that I don't love about Star Wars. Like, there's certain things that I'm kind of like, meh, like that, you know, <laughs> not great. But I move on. I'm not sitting here like, God, dude, I hate Star Wars because that one project ruined everything for me. Do you know how much Star Wars stuff is out there? I have <laughs> literally, like... 15 plus books on my shelf and I have comic books and I've got audio books and I've got video games and I, like I've got I've got an I've got a lot of Star Wars stuff that I love and you know what you know what also happens is let's think about the prequels for a second right people did not like how quick Anakin fell to the dark mm -hmm. side right and so the Clone Wars did this amazing thing where, first of all, you're getting the depth of the clones and the introduction of, of Anakin's Padawan and all these different, like like what we said earlier. But you're also getting, covering this three-year time gap, two to three-year time gap, where you get to see more of Anakin's fall to the it's dark side. It's done so well. Like, and what the, what the Jedi did to contribute to the problem. I believe what we are seeing now is, of course, I would say... I would say more people dislike the sequels than like the sequels. I think that I think that would be a statistic take. It may be like a 60-40 split of like 60 dislike and 40, 40 like. I don't know. I have not taken the census. I'm sorry, guys. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. What, what matters is we are now in this era where I believe Dave Filoni and John Favreau are like, all right, 
you miss 30 years in the timeline, right? A lot happens in 30 years. Think how much stuff happens in just two months of your life, right? Let alone 30 freaking years. And Dave Filoni and John Favreau are not are not like are not dummies. They are smart people. Yeah. I I said this to Tony the other day. I was like, anything that I think has been in their projects that has like you know Grogu and Ahsoka and Luke and Mando all showing up in Boba Fett, I don't think that was their decision. I firmly believe that was a Disney decision. They were like, we need to sell more toys. And we need to get them back together ASAP, right? Because it makes, because like we need to fast track this, right? Yeah. I I don't see that, like you know, I I do think, of course, like they were going to make them reunite, but they did it in a they did it quicker, quicker than they wanted to. Like Tony made a good point. John Favreau said before season three even finished that season four was already written. My theory is that like season four was likely season three and four was like kind of maybe like one season and then they ended up having to like condense it down and anyway i'm going on a whole rant about mandalorian what i'm trying to say what am i trying to say right now oh my gosh i've completely lost my train of thought i went down an entire rabbit hole there's Uh, there's some of star wars for everybody right And, and yes there's some of star wars for everybody and if you don't like something that's okay and what i was going to say is that john favreau and dave filoni I think are really trying to make to bridge this gap between episode six and episode seven where the people who didn't like the sequels can kind of at least make some sense of it you know when that mm-hmm. line hits in rise of skywalker where somehow palpatine returned is it still going to be silly when the when the the timeline the gap has been closed yes but at least from watching bad batch and watching The Mandalorian and all of this stuff, at least it'll make some sense, right? At least you can be like, all yes. right, you know, I can appreciate this or whatever. And like, like I said, like you said, in the very beginning of this episode, if I wanted to tear apart every single project in Star Wars, I would. But I don't want to because I love Star Wars and you love yeah, Star I, Wars too. I do. We, we, we could tear this apart. We could tear it limb from limb. There yeah. is so much that I could trash on about every single part about Star Wars. But I mean... I would be so miserable if I did. Yeah. That's I, that's that's honestly just the thing of it. Like you're you're actively making yourself miserable. Why don't you just focus on the things that you like? Yeah. It's okay to not like things, but why are you letting it bother you so much? Yeah. I'm not I'm like I've had to help some people out where like I've kind of brought the analogy of like like you said with the sequels kind of challenged our de- ideas on some of Star Wars and it's like I've been able to accept that. Like, it doesn't mean that I love everything, but I'm able to accept it. Like, you know, when we finished watching The Last Jedi, I immediately, like, was like, oh, maybe I didn't like that, right? But now, over time, I've been able to go and be like, okay, I, you know, I, it, was not, it was not what I expected it to be, and that's okay. And so when people, I see people that don't like Ahsoka... I'm like, listen, like, I've been in this position before where I'm like, you know, maybe I, like, didn't like it as much, but I at least tried to like it, and that made me like it more, and that made me continue my love for Star Wars. We, I mean, we even had this moment, um, like, last week or so about the end of Mando Season 3. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we're, we're always finding ways to appreciate different parts of Star Wars, so... I mean, yeah, honestly, uh, just just find ways to appreciate it. But I'm glad that 
I don't have to do that for Ahsoka, you know? Like, I don't even have to try to like it. It's just something that is inherently enjoyable, you know? Right. Like, it, it, with with all of these other kinds of projects, I mean, not all of them, but, you know, some of them chiefly in, like, the past decade or so, sometimes you have to think about them in certain ways in order to enjoy them. But with Ahsoka, that just doesn't happen for me. Like, I just, I just like the show. Yeah, I think... Honestly, the only limitations that are put on the show, I would say, are just the Disney Plus TV budget. Um, yeah. And, and that's because we keep going back to Andor, but like Andor, they don't have like on the, they have like the episodes when they like, a lot of episodes are not like these big, you know, sets and settings and landscapes and what have you, whereas Ahsoka is kind of the opposite where it's, you've got, uh, the capital of Lothal and you've got a Peridia. And it, so they have a lot more of like a grander scale. And really that's the only limitation is sometimes you can kind of see like the budget, like, like they've only got so much, they got to work with what they have. But I, I, I'm able to put that sort of stuff aside. Cause that's just in the same way you mentioned earlier with like Luke, you know, kicking, like the, doing the force kick and the Praetorian guard dropping the thing or even in movies, you're kind of like, uh, like things can, it's the limitations of the real world. And like, you forget, like these are real people are making this mistakes happen. Like you remember yeah. in like Mando season two, the jeans guy that was in the background. Oh my God. Yeah. The jeans guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like just standing on the end of a corridor. We and love the like, jeans guy. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like I, and I think I've seen people do a cosplay of that where they're literally just like a, like <laughs> just like the jeans and that's it. But um, yeah, like that sort of stuff happens and like, I think they've also like with Disney Plus shows they've gone back and like I mean of course like with the jeans guy they went they quickly fixed that but like oh yeah up it was like in, remember like also this is not Star Wars but like Game of Thrones when they left like the Starbucks coffee I mug was thinking thing. the exact same thing <laughs> it, it happens I mean and, and also people people would use that as like an example as to why uh, season seven flopped yeah um and like. That's not true. Season seven sucked, but that's not why it flopped. <laughs> yeah, mistakes like that happen. Mistakes happen, man, and that's like I have. I would not say I have like a extensive filmmaking background, but like I've been part of like short films and things that were in more of an organized caliber, and like those things are stressful, man. Like movie oh. sets and TV sets are stressful. It is easy, like for the little things to slip through the cracks, and so yeah. Plus, like, when it comes to, like, you know, the visual effects and stuff, I, I really am able to, like, let certain things slide just because I'm like, listen, I don't know how to do that, all right? These people are putting in overtime in this visual effects. Like, visual effects is most of the budget on these projects nowadays, and it's like, you know, I've got, I, I when I get, like, amazing, like, visual effects of, like, you know, the the eye of, of I almost said, again, like we did when it first, <laughs> the eye of Sauron, Sour, eye <laughs> yeah. of Sion taking off and it looks absolutely incredible like i can i can let it slide when like ahsoka jumping out of the ship in episode seven looks a little goofy it's like you know it's it is what it is um i mean it's it's always gonna look a little goofy man like yeah it's yeah it is it's more than fine yeah it's definitely okay i'm 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 chilling i'm all right with it the the only the last thing kind of on a kind of a like tangential thing but the last thing that i wanted to mention and we'd kind of mentioned it a little bit before of like what we liked about the show but i love the way this show approaches the force 
Yes, 100%. And I I have seen so many... Listen, I don't even care at this point. I have seen so many whiny losers talking about how they're like, yo, it is such BS how Sabine can use the Force. And I'm like, did you even listen? Did you even watch the show? Like, I, I it just it boggles my mind because, like... The the only like give in that as I was like Sabine like as soon as she does access her potential in the Force she's able to use it pretty pretty seamlessly mm-hmm. but like it's but the Force is one of those things that like when you are genuinely like in the moment and like you are really like depending on it like and your focus is all on it it's like it's really easy to like be able to like you're like again you're living in the moment you're living in the in the presence of the living force like whereas like Sabine in earlier episodes was just trying too hard and she and she was it was like a mental block for her right um so like I love that like Sabine is force sensitive and I think she's easily like by the end of the show stood out for me as like one of my favorite like little character arcs you know of being like very self-destructive and now she's kind of found her her purpose in the force and was able to to get really her brother back home you know yeah i mean i thought that it was uh i i i really think that the way that the force was presented in the show was just done in such a great way mm-hmm. um honestly like my the, the only thing that that i wish is that her being able to use the force was probably executed a little bit differently like mm-hmm. uh, like like i would have preferred for the moment of her using the force to not be to save herself from the death trooper but to instead push ezra and get him right if that was the moment like if if it was all about you know ezra's like dude i don't i don't know about that and then she just believes in herself that she can do it um i think that would have been such a better payoff just for her character but um that's i mean that's nitpicking you know like i think uh i think it was still um, especially in the earlier episodes, like with with her and the the little the little teacup, basically. Yeah. Um, about you win this time. You you win you win this round, you know. Um, and then Ahsoka explaining how it's manifested within people. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's consistent with like a, a great references, uh, which I don't. I don't know if it, it will be retconned or not, but the the Rise of Kylo Ren comic is a really good one where it kind of Luke is teaching, is explaining to one of his students an exact same thing where like Ben Solo has a very innate natural talent in the Force. You know, he's the grandson of Anakin Skywalker and the son of of Leia. He's naturally going to be able to use the Force very efficiently. We see this with Jason in the Ahsoka show, like. He's hasn't had no training and he has a very natural bloodline based talent. Sabine was not like, I don't even think Sabine thought she would be able to do it. She's kind of like, why am I being trained? You know, but Ahsoka like also kind of keeping, keep keeping in tone with her arc of like believed in Sabine and stood by her. And it, it, it paid off. I really think it did. And like, I guess my, maybe my, I agree with you with like I think it'd be it would have been cool if you know the moment she used the force was when she pushes Ezra across but yeah. also like I don't even know if she would have been confident in herself to be able to do that so it's kind of like a paradox where it's like like a you know yeah. chicken and the egg sort of thing where I was like I don't know if Sabine would have been able to do it 
if she had not just done something like that to save herself. So it's like, I could go either way on it. I'm not, I'm not really caught up on it. What if, I mean, what if it was done in a way that was like, he tried to jump on his own, like mm-hmm. he thought he could make the jump. And then when she realizes that he's not going to, she then instinctively pushes. Yeah. And then it's like an instinct, you know, mm. like a like a feeling just kind of she does it in the moment, doesn't even think about, can right. I do this? She just does it. Does it. Yep. Um, so that would have been that would have been cool, you know. Yeah. And I, but I think that you there could even you could even say that that's exactly what she goes through in uh, in when she's being attacked by the death trooper. Is that yeah, like, that's that, that is completely valid. So, yeah. Like she's like she she literally she doesn't even think about it like she's struggling and she immediately reaches out her hand to get her lightsaber like she could do it the whole time right so yeah there we go maybe we solved the the case ourselves <laughs> more to set them there, there Listen, you go and, and that's I think what's also like what like a really cool like this sounds so like tooting our own horns I'm not trying to do that but like this is something that we actively try to do going back to what we said is like we're always thinking of ways of like you know like you messaged me the other morning right and you were like it always bothered me how like the like how anakin and obi-wan would just like in in kenobi just train with their lightsabers or whatever yeah it's like is it that like super dangerous or whatever and you had forgotten that in rebels kanan and ezra you'd put their saber on like training mode right yeah um and you're like and so when you seek out those answers or even just try to piece the puzzle to like in your own head it feels rewarding, you know? I, I don't know. Like, I just kind of love doing that stuff. And it's just because we love Star Wars. Like, we want it. We want things to make sense. Not everything is going to make complete sense because, again, it's just real people making this and real people make mistakes. That's that's kind of what humans are all about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it's fun to be, like, to think of reasons. And, like, some people could say that should Like, the audience shouldn't have to do that, right? That's up to the creators. And I'm like, yes, maybe. But Star Wars has kind of always been this way, and so I'm naturally okay with that, of, like, you know, finding ways to kind of fill in the gaps myself, because I love Star Wars. Well, as a longtime fan of the the Dark Souls video game f- series, like, franchise, mm-hmm. those games are specifically, like, like the, the way that their stories are, in, are told is in pieces it's meant for the for the player to put it all together Mm -hmm. it's not presented to you in that you know point a point b kind of thing um and so i think that has really got me to the point where i get a i get a thrill out of finding out these answers for myself you're right it's like a puzzle you know when you put together these pieces you're like oh that makes sense that's cool yeah you know um and you know, just like just like things that that you are unsatisfied with in Star Wars, you can find a way to be satisfied about that. Right. Simply by looking at them from a certain point of view. Oh. Um, the thing. So. I love Star Wars. Yeah, by looking at them it. with a Mortis FM, that's not that didn't work. By, by, <laughs> by looking at them with a Star Wars. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Beautifully said. Um, other than that, like, I don't really have much else to talk about. I think we talked about kind of just the retrospective, how we feel about the show, things that we liked about the show, where we're hoping it's going. I uh, think we really we covered all the kind of important bases there. Bottom line, Ahsoka, good season two, 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I yep. say. Amen, brother. Amen. There you go. Um, in fact, in fact, I, I really hope that there is one person out there that just skipped to the end and just yeah. so happened to land on that perfect line, and then they got all they needed. They're like, okay, great. Honestly, I'm. That's going to be the title of this 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 episode. I'm going to literally just be like Ahsoka, Ahsoka good, good season two. Season yes, two, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally going to be the episode. Um, I'm in. I I love it when a plan comes together. All right, so we've talked about Ahsoka, and like Cole geni- geniusly said, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this card thing. We're gonna pull pull one out of the out of my little box here, and we're gonna talk about it before we wrap up this episode. Let's look at the cards. But before we do that, please follow and rate whatever you're listening this to on, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're on. I love you, and so does Cole. Isn't that right? It's 100% right. I love Fantastic. You. you can also follow us on Instagram, at MortisFM, and you can follow me, at the 8 and Cole, where can they find you? You can find me at and the Force is with me. It really is, guys. I'm telling you. It really is with them. Now, with that being said, let us, let's pull one out. All right, so here's the thing. I didn't shuffle these cards, and maybe I should, because they're kind of in, like, categories. I don't know what color is which, so I'm just going to ask, should I pull from the blue, the red, the yellow, or the purple? Oh, man. Uh, just a let's... I don't know okay. what they mean. Pick, um, okay, all right, here's the thing. Uh, you're, you're, you're going on an impromptu date. Are you going to the bookstore, the movie theater, a restaurant, or the park? Dude, let's go to the park, man. You're going to the park? Yeah. It's yellow. We'll, we'll go yellow. for yellow. Yellow, all right, I'm grabbing one from yellow. All right, it's card number 49. Wow, this is a cool question. All right. Okay. If the Kaminoans offered to use you as the template for a new batch of top-of-the-line clones, would you agree to it? Oh, man. Uh, I think Thousands first... and thousands of you <laughs> in the galaxy if you said yes. I think the first thing that I would ask them is... Like, are you sure that you didn't run those numbers correctly? I feel like <laughs> you, you'd probably want to, you know clone somebody else other than me um because like thinking of i don't know maybe maybe they maybe they see something in my genetic makeup um that's a tough question because uh like, like Django, especially in legends had a lot of situations where like that was tough yeah um not, you're also probably, I'm assuming you're getting paid a fat stack of credits. Yeah. Like, you're, like, good for life. Man. Um, everybody would know my face, too. Yeah. Let's just say they might recognize my face. <laughs> um, do you have an answer? I'm still stewing on this. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I'm assuming this is for an army. Like, I'm going to take it at face value, like... Django's the, the DNA has run out of Django. They need they need new clones. 
and they're gonna get this six three lug muffin right here, Grayson Schroeder. <laughs> <Lug> <laughs> um, yeah, that's also one of those things where I'm like, yo, you got the right guy. Like maybe you should get like I don't know somebody else. But uh, that's a really like tough moral question. That's where I was like, for for con like you guys need to go listen to the episode with with, with Tony and I because the question was like. <laughs> complete 180 from this where it was just like not like a deep question like this at all oh man i wonder if the colors are associated by difficulty or like thought like more thought-provoking questions yeah uh, so so here's the thing like here's here's my dilemma one i mean just the idea of there being not only more of me but also condoning this kind of practice of creating these organic lives with thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. and funneling them into a war as fodder, you know, it doesn't exactly feel right. But then at the same time, that's a fat stack of cash. Yeah. That's a like, lot of, that's a lot of credits. It's like, yeah. I'd... And there, I there's guess so the many... Same... There's so many sub questions like like for you and I and, and like uh, and some of our other friends, we ask a lot of hypotheticals to one another. And naturally, all of us, especially you and I, are always like, well, like we have to ask for context. Right. We're like, well, like, yeah, what is the army army being used for? Like, is it like a mil like military or is this for something else? Like, how many are they making? How much am I getting paid? Like, and it's like when you start asking all those questions it it like changes things so i'm just trying to take it as like in the context of star wars of like they need a new clone army all right they need they're they're asking me they're paying me an absurd amount of money to use my dna and this is so tough dude like got, what a freaking stalemate you've got infantry graysons you've got commando graysons <laughs> co commander graysons uh spec ops graysons how, how arc tall graysons how tall is tamora morrison i want to know we we saw him very briefly from afar he's i don't think he's actually that tall <laughs> we we did see him from afar i forgot um i might be wrong He's 5'9", so, I mean, he's not short. I'd say he's at, he's average height. Um. Man, uh, okay. What if we thought about it in, like, the, the situation where it's like, you don't have time to think about an answer. Like, you just have gut punch. Instinct. I'm going to say no. I, the thought of like thousands of me possibly like dying or like even me possibly being like replaced right and they're yeah. just it's like it's kind of like this whole ai debate thing where like if you want to think about it in the real world where it's like you know a lot of these big companies are trying to use ai to replace artists and actors and voice actors and and even writers right and it's like, when I sign off on that, that means, in a way, my value as a human has decreased. And I don't really think it like that. Like, in, in this context of Star Wars, like, I think all of the clones are, like, they're all very different, right? But, like, 
Yeah. There's a chance that, like, let's say, like, I fought in this war also or whatever, like, I could, or I could see copies of me coming back dead. The existential crisis that would cause me to have of just, like, seeing a, a copy of me dead. Like, it's just, like, I don't think that would be good for me and my mental health. Yeah. Uh, I, I think even if in the moment I would, you know, be kind of tantalized by the idea of that amount of credits... Mm-hmm. Um, I still think I would say no as well. Just, just as like instinct, like in, I would instinctively say no because that's just what my moral compass in the moment would tell me to say. Yeah, because it just doesn't feel right. No, it um, doesn't. I mean, like imagine, imagine like everybody knowing your face and your voice. Like, you are no longer unique. You may be the first one, but now there are thousands of you yeah and and those thousands half of the galaxy hates you know so like you you could never go into into separatist territory and show your face and not have some form of i mean you you would always be you would always be recognized as the donor or like right. the the original uh the, the original form i guess mm-hmm. you would never be like grayson anymore you would just be the first grayson you know yeah yeah. Um, and 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 also at the same time, like yes, if not me, someone else would do it. But I cannot condone the idea of fostering a clone army. Yeah. Of myself, no less. Am I fine with you know like giving the clones like these lives and consciousness and 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 letting them live? Yeah. Yeah. But they're literally being created to be sent out and die. Right. Right. And. After having seen the entirety of the Clone Wars and loving those clones and, you know, like, watching them die and and have feelings and, you know, betray each other and everything like that, I I wouldn't want to subject them to that kind of fate. You know, they they deserve more than that. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think instinctively I would say no, but that's more of my, like, comprehensive answer. Yeah, I, I... Yeah, I, I think I'd have to think about it a lot. But yeah, if it was instinctive, I'd, I'd have to say no. I think I would just like the money would be nice, but it would just cause so many like morally weighted problems that I'd just be like, I think I would just spiral. And, yeah, I mean, Django is you know he's a tough guy. I don't really think he thinks like that. And uh, also, you know, he likes the credits, so it makes sense for him to do it. But I'm like. I ain't, uh, I ain't no bounty hunter. Like, you know, I would, I, I would have problems w- living with that. Yeah. You know, I would have a lot of problems living with that. Um, I think about it too much. That is, yeah. that is a very, very good question. Oh yeah, dude. Um, so so I, I, I just found out the back of this, this is in one of the categories. This is the category of technology. Okay. Yes. So that thing that makes things more exciting because that means like any other card could have the potential to have that kind of weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, the question that Tony and I did, which I won't say, you should go listen to that, um, is was the galaxy. So there's a ooh, lot of galaxy. That's cool. Yeah, I I trying to find all of the different subcategories. Um, let me see, that was forty nine, right? Um. Oh, sorry, no. Okay, this little book is, uh, 
I think this little book. Oh wait, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Hold up, hold up. Sorry, I'm trying. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. Uh. Oh, okay. So they kind of give you a little bit of context of the questions. So yeah, forty nine is. If the Kaminoans offered to use use template, blah, blah, blah. And then it gives a little context. It says, in Star Wars Attack of the Clones, Jango Fett serves as the genetic template of the for the clone army. Jango is paid handsomely to share his DNA, but he has one other request, a clone of his own, whom he names Boba and raises as his son. So it's just context to the, to the questions, but um, he was paid handsomely. Remember the Jango Fett game? Underrated, bro. Um, well... There's a little tease for what is coming in the future at the end of every episode of Mortis FM. So shout out to shout out to Kelly Knox who wrote them, and then shout out to Star Wars Explained who gave Cole the idea, who gave both of us the idea of doing these. So we're not completely original, but it's re- it's a really cool discussion to have, and it helps you get to know us a little bit better. And suddenly, suddenly, uh, I've I feel like my voice is just so much clearer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and more and more crisp. Well, at this point, if you're already this far in the episode, you know that I have, I have put something in the beginning to uh, warn you ahead of time that we had some technical issues with recording this episode. Uh, so that is why there is a, a, a section in there that Cole's microphone uh, was switched on accident. So uh, bear with us, please. It, like we said in this episode, people who make movies make mistakes. We are humble podcasters who also make mistakes. There you go. So, Full circle. So... So, th- so thank you guys for bearing with us. Um, yeah, again, Mortis FM on Instagram. If you're listening, whatever you're listening on, please subscribe, rate, follow us, and we appreciate it. Uh, next week, I guess we should probably talk about what we're gonna do next. I don't even think if we know. We have a, <laughs> we have a. You know what? I'm not gonna get into that. Well, we're gonna figure that out on the side. Stay tuned next week. And actually, I should mention this. Uh, if you are listening to this before this upcoming Wednesday, which I believe will be the 18th, 18th, uh, we will be on Diamond Figs and uh, Star Wars Sith's live stream on Wednesday at 5 p.m. They were generous and gracious enough to have us on. So assuming nothing goes awry, we will be on there just talking about Star Wars, just just hanging out, having a great time. Yes, sir. So, so if you want to go interact with us live... Uh, you can you can go hang out there, and again go check out the episode that I did with Tony, and go check out the episode that Cole is going to do later this week. You will see us there, and we we cannot wait to interact with you with you, and also just interact. <laughs> <in general. laughs> uh, may the force be with you, my friends, and with you. Always.